What's going on, Red 80? This is your host, Callie Bay, and we getting ready to talk about it. Today is Saturday, October the 30th. Beautiful, beautiful weather. No clouds in the sky. It's cool outside, about 77 degrees. And what I want to know is, you know, for my first topic, I'm just going to run it down, just talk to y'all a little bit. First topic is, who's the best team in Shreveport? Who the best team in Shreveport? Because to me, if I look at it, the best game that was played in Shreveport this year was Bird versus Shreve. Over 10,000 people there. My boy David Goblin said that's what football is supposed to look like. That's what high school football is supposed to look like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. That's the way that it used to look before the pandemic. I like the way I, you know, I like the way it looked, you know, Thursday night. That's the way that high school football is supposed to look all over the country. But who's the best football team in Shreveport? A lot of people say Bird is. They played against Captain Shreve this week, uh, Thursday. They came out with the dub. Um, You know, Shreve was undefeated. Hadn't lost a game. And Bird came in and, you know, Gave them an L. So who's the best team? I'm giving it to Bird. I mean, they run that old school offense that a lot of people talk about. Try to say, man, they run that old school, you know, offense. Man, that ain't nothing. That ain't real football. Well, it look like real football to me. It look like real football to me. Then, you, you know, if you want to say that the offense ain't, you know, a real offense. Well, what about that defense? Because obviously they stopping people, too. They held Shreve to a low score. I can't even remember what the score was. 28 to 10? My son said 28 to 10. So they held Shreve to a touchdown in the field goal. You know? So I, I got to give it to Bird. I got to give it to Bird. Bird is playing smash mouth football. Smash mouth football. SEC style football. A lot of these teams nowadays are playing that ACC style football. They want everybody want to be finesse and spread it out, but you might not even have the tools to do it. And truth be told, that's not even a real legitimate spread offense that a lot of these teams are running. If we're really talking about coaching, a lot of people don't think I know nothing about football, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of these teams ain't even really running real spreads, man. It's not real spread. Just because you spread five wide don't mean nothing. Okay. A lot of these high school quarterbacks are not reading. They're not going through their progressions. They're not. The coach tell them what they're doing. They automatically know that this play has to go to this particular receiver. There is no the quarterback reading the field. How do I know? 7 on 7 to tell you that. You can tell which quarterbacks know how to read versus the ones that don't. Got a lot of kids out there that's playing quarterback that are football illiterate. And that's not to the co- the kids' fault. That's not. Now, before I get into it or, you know, go any further, if I hurt some feelings, too bad. Put your big boy drawers on. I'm not here to make you feel good. I don't care how you feel. I'll tell you the truth. You know, I'm not here to take the side of the coach. I'm not here to take the side of the parents. I'm not here to take the side of the players. I'm here to spark interest in the conversation. 
See, some of y'all may not might might not have ever been to a barber shop, but see, in the barber shop, this is how we talk. We can dialogue. I can say what I want to say, and you can say what you want to say. But at the end of the day, truth needs no defense. Okay, so if I hurt your feelings, this ain't the show for you to be on. I'm not speaking directly toward nobody. Because it's 50 states. And I don't know how many cities in the United States. So this could apply all across America. Now, these kids in 707, you can tell who can read and who can't read. Just look at them. If you've never been to a 707 game, go watch one. And it'll tell you which quarterbacks can read the field and which ones can't. Okay? Then you look on Friday nights, and you can tell. When he throwing to one receiver and another receiver is wide open, that's because the coach telling them where that player is designed to go. Tying these boys' hands. Tying the hands. Now, I can give it up to some coaches from the old school, uh, Art Browse, when he coached Stephenville. Them boys really ran an offense. Okay? Really ran an offense. I can give it up to Coach Brian Irwin. Coach Lamarck, they spread that ball out. You know, a lot of run and shoot style. Okay? Nowadays, you got a lot of guys that's out there coaching these football teams. You got these kids thinking that they're running the spread and wonder why they ain't making it. They ain't going nowhere. Because you're not running the spread offense. Some of these high schools are really running the true RPO. You got a lot of them that's faking the phone. Ain't a true RPO. He, yeah, he faked the handoff, ride him through, but it's already designed for him to pull it back if he pull it back. Very few football teams you're going to find where this kid is running the true RPO. And the reason why that I know is because the first thing, I don't see him reading. I'm watching his eyes, and I don't see him reading. He has no rhythm. And he don't know when to check down. See? It's a lot of things that you can tell when you're watching these kids on Friday night. But it's a lot of parents that don't know no better. Now. If I take it back and I look at this. Now I got a question. We're going to segue just a little bit because I'm freestyling today. In Louisiana... And it might be like that in a lot of other states, but I'm a Texas boy. I I have never seen a Texas eighth grader, no matter how good they play football, play varsity. I've not seen that. As of late, ninth graders are playing varsity in Texas. Okay. Now, I know powerhouse football in Texas because I'm from the Houston Gulf Coast area. So I know the powerhouse teams. I don't know any of them that played eighth graders. Okay? I don't know any of them. As good as they may be, they played eighth grade ball. Ninth graders? Man, this is new. 
I know a kid that plays ninth grade football, played varsity as a ninth grader, but he, you know, I mean, it happens, I guess now it's a new, it's a new day and it's a new age. Uh, he killing it, you know, he killing it out there as a matter of fact. Uh, I don't think his mother would be upset if I said his name. Uh, Caleb Bell, Texas City Stingrays. Running back. A lot of, of y'all seen him play before anyway in CCE. He a killer. Big running back. With feet like Arian Foster. Started as a freshman. Okay? Not many kids can do that, though. It's not many kids that can do that. Some kids just not ready, mentally or physically, to play a Friday night football game. Now, I've seen kids do it a lot in Louisiana, but the, the question is, is that, is that something that, that should be done? I mean, there's so many different reasons of why I could say that a kid that's in the eighth grade that shouldn't play his varsity, I mean, play varsity his eighth grade year. Number one, his body might not be ready for that. His body might not be ready to bang against those kids. Some of those kids 17, 18 years old. You know? And he's a 13-year-old kid. Probably still got six months or more to make 14, if not more. So he's, he's a baby playing against young men and some men. Well, oh, man, you hating on him, man. You hating on him because he... He, he, he playing varsity for four years and this, that, the third. Now I'm not hating on him, man. Each his own. Each his own. But an eighth grader playing varsity football, you got to also look at, I don't know the rules here, but what about the eligibility rule? I, I got hit with the eligibility rule, and we didn't cry about it. We didn't, you know, it didn't make us no difference. But it's like the eligibility rule. How many years of eligibility does a kid get if he plays varsity football his eighth grade year? Does that kill his year of eligibility? Does, I mean, can he play? His senior year? Or is it, will he be done his junior year? How many years of eligibility do you, do you get? Do you get four or five? I don't know. That's a question. You know, maybe somebody can enlighten me on that. But outside of that, I think that a kid should be able to develop with his peers. Even if he's head and shoulders over his peers, just allowing him to get get you know to move practice on technique if you're playing the game that's slower than you of course you you got a a, a gang of time to work on technique you know power and everything else yeah you might be a little bored but you might not be ready to play varsity football you see in Texas there's a freshman team there's a JV team and there's a varsity team in Louisiana, in a lot of places I've learned that there's no freshman team. So the freshmen are playing JV. And you have juniors and seniors, I'm, I'm guessing, or sophomores and juniors. I don't know if there's seniors on the JV team as well. But you ha you're having uh, ninth graders play on the JV team, and that's new to me as well. Because in Houston, there's a freshman team, a full-fledged freshman team, and they're going to play a full season of other freshmen. And then JV is the team where you might have a JV black and a JV white team. 
and the JV Black may be your A team. JV White may be your B team. And your JV Black will probably comprise of those guys who actually could play varsity, but your, your depth chart is already at three strings. First, second, and third string. So we put you on JV Black. And then JV White are usually sophomores who, you know, they, hey, they can't play varsity. They're not ready. Uh, this is the level in which they should be playing it as a sophomore. But the JV Black will probably have those sophomores and juniors that actually could play varsity, but they're not good enough to be on the depth chart on varsity yet. They could possibly be brought up for playoffs. That's where you usually see them be brought up for the playoffs. They dressed out, might not play. Okay, more than likely they won't play. But here, I'm seeing a huge difference. Now, just because uh, it's not done like that in Texas doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. But again, there is a difference in the two states, big time. What I do know is Louisiana is spread out. When you get on 49, it's a lot of nowhere, middle of nowhere. You're going on 20 and you're going up Louisiana, going up towards Monroe. It's a lot of nowhere. So it's a lot of space in Louisiana that where there's nothing there. It's like you look to the right and left and it might be marshland. No, no houses, no nothing for a long time. But then you go to Texas and there's houses and there's buildings everywhere. I mean, it's just, it's a conglomerate of, of, of neighborhoods and subdivisions and high schools and all that. You know, where my kids went to school in Houston, there's in just that ISD, what, six high schools? And they all are really like four or five miles away from each other. And all of them are 6A high schools. You know, so... When we're looking at the difference, there's a huge difference. Same thing in Dallas. When you look at Dallas, you got Cedar Hill and Duncanville right next door, literally across the street, and you and you and Cedar Hill across the street back. You and Duncanville, and both of them play ball. Now, now, I almost want to say Duncanville hung up 50 on Cedar Hill this year. If I'm wrong, forgive me, but I know they won. I know they beat them. Um, but. Cedar Hill has some state championships under their belt too, and I remember when Cedar Hill was a, 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 a area with nothing but antennas and wasn't much out there, you know, and they was you know in the state running then, winning state championships then, you know. So in Texas, you got a, a, a larger pool of talent to be able to choose from because of the areas are so large. And you got kids of 3,000 kids at a high school. 4,000 kids at a high school or better. Even out in West Texas, in Odessa, you got Odessa High and you got Odessa Permian, and each one of them might have 4,000, 5,000 kids apiece. These schools are like, you know, in, in the desert. They're the only high schools in Odessa. And Odessa was a town of about 90,000 people at the time, but they still had a big 5A school at the time. But when you look at, like, Louisiana and Shreveport, the the bigger things that you see are uh, a lot of private schools. In Texas, if 
you can't afford a private school, you're not going. You know, and for sports, mostly people don't want to go to private schools when it comes to Texas. When you look at Louisiana, private school is usually something that you want to uh, look at. You know, you want to kind of, you know, entertain it a little bit. But in Shreveport, it's, it's a lot of schools, but it's not enough people. You know, I'm learning the culture. I don't, I don't got it down packed just yet, but I'm learning the culture. Booker T. Washington, um, I think it's a lot of unfair situations that happened to Booker T. Washington. I watched them when they played North DeSoto, and, I mean, you looked in the stands, and it was sad because there was nobody there. There was nobody there to watch these kids. It might have been 30 people there. But you got a lot of kids that stay in the Booker T. Washington area in their zone that's playing football elsewhere. So from what I was explained to by a brother that told me, he was like, if they got back on the strict zoning laws in Shreveport, Booker T. Washington, Green Oaks, and I think it would be Woodlawn would run the tables. If you argue with me on that, you'll argue with him. I'll probably introduce him on the show one day. We'll talk about it. But if they went back to strict zoning laws to where you got to go to school, where you from, where you stay, Booker T. Washington, Woodlawn, and Green Oaks would run the tables. But because the, the zoning laws ain't as strict, uh, then we have... Uh, you know, a lot of kids scattering about and going where they want to go or however that works in, in Louisiana. I don't know. And it dilutes and it makes schools smaller uh, in the urban areas. It makes that school smaller, uh, less appealing, less attractive. You know, a lot of different things that go on in that region, and that's political. And trust me, you can ask Ronnie B. I'm extremely political, but I'm not going to get into it right now. But... Uh, when we look at this thing, there's a lot of different things, this business that, that that's being ran, but when it comes down to the children and the parents trying to conduct business, it's, it's wrong. But everybody else is able to conduct business when it comes down to uh, this, the welfare of this particular athlete, student athlete. Now, LHSAA, I believe the LHSAA has some rules that I'm just like, wow, okay, there's a big loophole somewhere in here because I see it being utilized. I see it being utilized, but <clears throat> we're not the type of parents that, you know, get, you know, we, we're not going to say anything about certain issues and stuff like that. We just rock with it. UIL is different. UIL is stiff. It's stiff. If you find a loophole in UIL, you lucky. You 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 did. Uh, you I mean you researched pretty doggone hard to find a loophole in UIL. UIL stands pretty tough. LHSA, in my opinion, a lot of loopholes. It works for certain people, and for other people it don't. But backing up, I'm just bringing up topics for my next show. 
should an eighth grader play varsity football his eighth grade year? And if he should, why? And if he shouldn't, why? And does this child keep his eligibility if he played as an eighth grader on varsity? And then the other question is, who's the best team in Shreveport, Louisiana? Could it be Bird? Shreve? Calvary? Evangel? North DeSoto? Parkway? That's Bozier. Airline? Woodlawn? Green Oaks? Northwood? Southwood? Southwood was keeping somebody to, uh, a run last night, unless that score was wrong. Who did who did uh, Southwood play last night? Parkway. Man, I looked at the score, and you know Max Prep always lying. It was twenty to twenty-one. I gotta check that out. I gotta find out. Let me call my boy Kenny, find out if that was true. Because if so, Southwood better than what y'all thought. Because when I saw Parkwood play against North DeSoto, that's a talented team. Y'all, we 21 minutes into the show. I'm going to go ahead and get off. Be prepared next week for a guest or maybe two. It's a Saturday evening. Y'all be safe, be blessed, and I'll holler at y'all. I'm your host, Callie Bay. Thanks for tuning in to Red 80. Peace.